right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo joined by Casey. And Casey, how have we been this past week? You know, I mean, generally, the past week was good. Uh, this is one of the tougher weekends to have a podcast where we talk about this not so badly, so I would have to say. Uh, entering a weekend of what I thought was going to be good results, uh, entering it with optimism uh, turned on me and was uh, bad results and pessimism. So yeah, I guess that's where we're starting the podcast and that's where that's where I'm at. Although I had a little bit of a reprieve from uh, from that today. You did not. Though, I did so. not. I did not. This has been three straight days of just constant disappointment. Um, yeah. And I think we'll start. I think I, I will start with the same sentiments you had. I was had all the optimism in the world to have a great weekend, at least Friday and Saturday. Yeah, um, sure, sure. Going into it and was going to have a nice little appetizer on Friday night and a nice little mid-afternoon uh, game to just enjoy on Saturday. And it all just did not go that way at all. So I'm really excited to be here, Casey. I'm really excited to relive it. Um, and so let's let's get after it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's do that. Badgers football start there. Um, losing 14-6 to to Indiana. Uh, just a, I guess, before we get into our, our, our segment, just a general disappointment. We came in as huge favorites. I think the line was a bit, obviously, in hindsight, was a bit inflated. But even going into it, I think it was a bit inflated. Uh, Indiana is actually a really good team. We found that out. I thought that going in. Uh, they had their backup quarterback in, who turned out to be pretty good. Uh, I think. Okay, we'll talk about that. Okay, we'll talk about it. Um, and their defense is good, and that was, I, I, I think, the game. Their defense was really good, and we were unable to figure it out. So, anything you want to add on the on the top before we dive? I mean, into you give Arsenal? you give you give Indiana a lot more credit than I'm about to. Because okay. I witnessed this game watching, you know, the game most of us had seen most of Indiana was them against Ohio State. Ohio yep. State scored a bazillion points on them. Um, and and uh, Indiana countered with that as well. I took away that, uh, well, going into the game, it was like I had the thought that at the very least this would be some sort of, we'll call it a, a Wisconsin shootout, uh, <laughs> where, you know, maybe the score was in the 20s and it might yeah. hit the 30s. Um, so that is, you know, that, that's where I, that's my biggest disappointment comes from. Is I just didn't I, going into it, like people were scoring on Indiana defense was more known for their turnovers than stopping yep. people, right? Okay, yeah, did you let it go? Uh, for going that way, so figured if we just take care of the ball, um, which we really didn't, we did not an okay job of, uh, that things would be okay, but we just you know. Indiana looks like they have a better defense, but I think I don't think they're as good as the end result of this. Game. As Wisconsin made their defense look exactly, uh, yeah. I don't think we have in here to talk about the turnovers. Um, yep. I was, I have a not. Don't blame Mertz take on it. Can I? Do you want? Do you yeah. want to hear that now? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the fumble, the fumble, I've watched like a hundred times, mm. and. Mertz talked about it after the game. He he called the protection to go to the right. He he called the protection right. And if you watch the replay, especially in the replay behind from uh, behind the play, um, yeah, 
Groshek just doesn't, he blocks the wrong way. He goes left. The pressure's yeah. coming from the right. And you just see him looking for anybody to block as Mertz gets hammered and fumbles the ball. If Groshek does what I think Mertz told him to do, um, that's a play. It's a positive play. Instead, it is uh, what I felt like at the time was a game, uh, or in hindsight, excuse me, is a game defining fumble. And on the, the interception, mm. The wide receiver ran a route as if he had no intention of ever catching the ball. Yeah, is how I how I, I perceive that. So uh, Mertz didn't have the best game, but he did commit the two turnovers. But I, I guess I'm giving him a little bit of break. Maybe that is is too kind, uh, or I'm being kind on that. But I will give you. I, I think, yeah, I, I totally agree on the uh, on the fumble. Like he turned around, and even though it was his front side, that uh, defender, the safety, was in his face immediately. Right. Um, no chance to really hold on to the ball when that happens. On the uh, on the interception, I'll go half and half. Yeah, the, the receiver could have made a better effort uh, mm-hmm. to, to get that ball, but it was kind of thrown behind him. It was high. Uh, yeah, it was high, it was high, high. Yeah, it was high and behind. But I, I can I I'm not opposed to I'm not opposed to not I'm not opposed to what you just throw down. All completely. Right. All right. So there we go. There's a, my defensive Mertz. Yeah. Uh, still the still the future. Uh, but let's go into the segment while well, the good, yeah. the bad, uh, excuse me, the good, the great, the bad. The ugly. I messed up my, my own lead into our segment. My God. Ooh. All right. I'll start with the good, Marlo. My good is once again, uh, Jonathan Taylor's replacement, Jalen Berger. Uh, again, got 87 yards. I feel like he's right <laughs> at that 85 to 90 range every game. No more, no less. Uh, that's where he is. He had 15 carries, 87 yards. He was good. He was yes. good in this game. I think if you look kind of on the offensive end of the of the football, he was really, I think, the only positive. Uh, unless you want to take something away from Mertz and give all the excuses I gave to him, uh, take that. Uh, but he was he was good. He may had some nice runs. He had a big run that got called back for a holding that I never saw a replay on. So I don't know if it was a bad call. I think it was a bad call, but I I, yeah. I, I can't be proven wrong because I never saw a replay. So <laughs> there we go. I'm going to say it was a bad call. But he had one that he busted. And that's what this offense is missing is those chunk plays that Jonathan Taylor got us. Uh, and we're not, getting, we're not getting the passing game. Jalen Berger looked like he had one, but he had a couple other nice runs uh, aside from the one that was called back for the holding. So he's my good, Jalen Berger. I think... Maybe not. It's a bit in this game, right? For the 87 yards, again, the positive side on the offense. But I think he's showing signs of what he could become, and that's yeah. encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you would have had the hundred if that if that long run wasn't wasn't called back. He was doing the things. I think the last time we had talked, I, I felt like he was that half a shoelace away um, yeah. for bringing someone. It look like it looks like he's he's breaking that. Maybe the game is slowing down a little bit for him as far as reading the zone blocking. Yep. And making to read a little faster. Uh, but yeah, you could definitely tell as as a young uh Lung Chu freshman, there is definitely there is that talent there that can be the, the next great running back. Yeah. It's pretty again, good. Yeah. Yeah, next good running back. Yep. Maybe not um you know, a up there with Jonathan Taylor, but you know, I'd take a I would you say Corey Clement out of him. Yeah. That'd be all I'd right. All right. All right, that's my good, Marlo. What was your good? Um, my good from this game was, hey, the the refs finally gave us a call. <laughs> uh, um, it was the third quarter. It was the third or fourth quarter. I can't remember. It was the second half. Yeah. Um, there was the Indiana Indiana quarterback was scrambling, got absolutely annihilated by the sideline 
Uh, flag was thrown. They called targeting on the field. It was a clear not target. It was clear in full speed. It was clear in the replay. Uh, I don't know about you or you were at Casey, but I was up yelling uh, oh, yeah. at this point, full of frustration. Uh, I, I believe I texted our group, you have to pick that flag up. Um, but it was a lot worse in my house. And, you know, they went that they had their little huddle. They went to the replay. It took a lot longer than I thought it was, but they came back. There was no penalty. Um, and we finally got one, which I feel like we haven't gotten a call our way in a very long time, just seems like. Yeah, it was good to see them pick that up. It was a... A big collision, but nothing yeah. was untoward in it. And I, I like you, felt that in real time. Uh, I didn't need a, a replay or multiple angles to to see that. Um, I'm glad you bring up the refs, Marlo, because <laughs> once again, I am <laughs> miffed on what pass interference is or oh, is not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because we were called early in the game on a pass interference that felt very much like the offense initiated the contact and then at the end of the game in the last play it felt very much like there was not pass interference called on a play in which it could have been so I will take your good and I, I agree that the refs were good on that play but I remain miffed on pass interference in games in which the Badgers are playing yeah totally fair <laughs> I, I just assume anytime the ball's in the air if there's any sort of contact we're getting pass interference if if we're yeah if we're if we're on defense yeah opposite yeah. way around not so much opposite way around on offense for sure all right yeah uh, good job on that at least individual call refs Marla what mm-hmm. is your great what greatness did you find in this extremely <laughs> disappointing game <laughs> the greatness I found in this game was stats yeah uh, yo it's uh, <laughs> started basketball season so if we had like the blind resume right yeah. and you just put the stats up you have one team that has a total <laughs> offense of a 211, 210 call it yards and an offense of quick math 342. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, who are you taking? Yeah, you're taking the 342. Take 342. Mean... Unfortunately, that's Wisconsin and there's, there's Wisconsin and, and, and the um, and the other is Indiana. And on top of that, I'm so this kind of bleeds into our what well, we started our conversation off with, but Jake Tuttle, his numbers. 13 for 22, 130 yards. Did have the two touchdowns, but he's averaging 5.9 yards a pass there. I will take that from a quarterback, a, a, a opponent quarterback, almost every day. Yeah, I, I think we talked about this a little bit before we got on the call. Is uh, I, I made a comment like, a Tuttle's a little better than, or did I say at the beginning of the episode? He said at the beginning, yeah. Okay, at the beginning of the episode. Uh, you know, he's a little bit better than maybe people had thought going into it. And I think I'm just remembering like the three to five plays where he just threw off his back foot. Yes. Two of those being touchdowns, one of those being a pass interference, and one of those being an, a relatively big completion. I think I'm just thinking of those. Yes. Uh, that that led me to believe that. Um, yeah, I, I take back anything nice I said about the refs. <laughs> I'm looking at the, the team stats. Penalties, eight for 81 against Wisconsin. Yeah, that was a big, yeah, that was a big one. I, I remember when that got I think Indiana had one. Yeah, one for fifteen. One had. for fifteen, which is yep. you know whatever, but it's kind of it's it's mystifying the the stats. I, I, obviously, the defensive stats are here. The offensive stats not great, but not terrible. Yeah. Um, and does it just doesn't it doesn't seem if you look at it, it doesn't seem that that would the outcome of the game would be based on the stats, but that's why they play the game, right? Um, 
that is why they play the game. We led in pretty much every statistic except for turnover, and yeah. I guess we technically led in penalties. But yeah. you want to be <laughs> we led in turnovers and penalties. We, we led, led it. We led in everything, including the ones you don't want to lead in. Yeah, we're leading is bad. We, we <laughs> led in those. Uh, yeah. So looking at back at the stats, it's a, a bit befuddling that we lost, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in uh, my ugly segment. I'm going to give my great Marlowe to the linebackers and yeah. a lot of why those stats were bad, a lot of why um, <clears throat> Indiana was, I, I guess I should say, only held to 14 points, was our linebackers, how they controlled the game. I thought our secondary was, uh, especially without a wild goose out there, um, was a bit, not, I guess, they weren't bad, right? I'm, I'm not saying they were bad, but I think the linebackers were what kind of controlled this game and limited Indiana throughout this game. Uh, Chanel had nine tackles, Sanborn as well with seven. Uh, who had the force fumble? I know uh, Herbig recovered it, but we had that big force fumble um, after our fumble. Uh, so the linebackers just they, they controlled the game on the defensive side. And I just want to give them a shout-out because they were, as usually is the case for Wisconsin, they were great in this game. Yeah, the defense, standing on the date Fisher's shoulder, um, can't say enough about the linebackers flying around to the ball. Wherever you see the ball, you'll see the linebackers, see ball, hit ball. Um, yeah, I think, you know, this is, even with these losses and this weird season, I mean, the one constant has been defense has played well, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just waiting for the Jimmy Leonard wins the head coaching uh, opportunity coming up for him, rumors, meals to start going. Because as I don't think there'll be as many open opportunities this season, just because it's a weird season, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if schools are going to let you know let coaches go. I could be, could be played wrong. Yeah. But those opportunities, I mean, it's, I mean, that I, makes sense. Yeah, uh, I would be uh, if this continues, like if this, if you know, his defense continues, which I think we all think it will. Um, it'd be hard pressed to see like him here for another max two seasons. I mean, sure, right? I, I think his, his the way his defenses have performed obviously merits him being considered for for head coaching positions. But maybe he just wants to be at Wisconsin, right? I'm this is me being <laughs> pie in the sky hopeful, right? But maybe he's like Brett Venables or whatever at Clemson, like. He's just going to be the defensive coordinator at Clemson. He probably could get a head coaching job, but I think he just wants to be the defensive coordinator at Clemson, and that's okay with him. Maybe being the defensive coordinator and presumably uh, next head coach at Wisconsin is good enough for Jim Leonard. Maybe. Maybe. Again, wishful thinking. Yeah. I just uh, It is wishful thinking. I could see it in the world, but he, I just, he's just so young that... Yeah. He, I couldn't. That's what. That's what. If he was a little older, I'd be like, yeah, he'd probably stick around. But yeah, he's just so young, and I'm sure he has some ambition to have that head coaching, or at least to take on the challenge. He seems like a guy that likes to take on challenges. That's his motto for so. sure. I think. I think there's a better chance. I don't know. What do you think? I was just going to say this, but I'll ask you. Yeah. Do you think if he leaves Wisconsin, there's a better chance he goes to be a head coach at another college, or goes to be defensive coordinator in the NFL? Ooh. Because I think, I think it, NFL is more likely. Yeah, I could see that. I could see him leaving to be a defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. In oh, the NFL. God. I mean, like the Ravens or something. <laughs> now I see that, and that makes me sad. Because I, I can talk myself into him like passing up head coaching jobs yeah. to be the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin, but, I, but maybe not NFL jobs. Yeah. Uh, that would, okay. Now I just made myself sad. All right. Speaking of being sad, let's talk yeah. about the bads. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to go with the continuing injuries uh, throughout 
the team it feels like. Uh, obviously, uh, we found out the extent of uh, Wild Goose's injury, which pr- uh, I guess pr- what's the word preempted, 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 which caused him to go pro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and so we learned the extent of that. Uh, we saw, our, I believe, it was our center walk yes. off on on crutches. So that's yeah. his point. We had our our third string center in there at one point as he's dribbling the ball back to Graham Mertz. Um, at the end of the game there, uh, Danny Davis wasn't able to go once again, and Pryor seemed to get re-injured or at least be limited throughout the game. Uh, it just seems like while the injuries are being added to uh, insult as far as the losses go, and uh, it's really disheartening. So that's my, my bad. Injuries yeah. are bad. <laughs> injuries are bad. I don't know. Like, what? It, 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 I think it hurts even more. It's like, but I mean, we still kind of had some remnants of I don't know. What are we playing for right now? Right? With sure. the two, with the two games that were canceled. I mean, the three games that were canceled. Uh, plus our our last performance against Northwestern. It just, you know, you never want to like give up. But like with this weird season being how it is. It's almost like, what are we doing here? Why, why are we running these kids out um, and and you know and having these injuries um, to where people are, you know, just laying down and be like, all right, I'm done, shut it down, uh, let's get ready mm-hmm. for the draft. Um, so I think that for me, every time something like that happens, it's kind of my thought process. It, it seems it seems kind of tough. Like, yeah, you worked so hard to get like football back, but at the same time, like, was. Yeah, yeah, we could talk. I mean, it's it's a, probably a debate for another day, uh, but yeah, injuries are bad. They are bad for everyone injuries. around. Injuries are bad. Yeah, I guess technically you're still kind of playing for like a bowl game or something, like yeah. a a better bowl. I guess. I guess. I sure. That's all I can really kind of think of as as far as like what you want to achieve in the season, aside from you know just kind of the pride and wanting to be a you know. A, wanting to compete and be a competitor yeah like how uh, yeah i guess i don't know i how, I, I, guess, I mean, we'll find it all together but it's like i don't understand how we're going to decide that or you know we're going to have what five games played total <laughs> we're right. some other covers teams have not you know have a full nine eight there were some that have like four you know, it's just gonna i don't understand it's gonna be weird to be able to do that to you know place those people in the bowls but they'll figure it out they always do yeah, it will. It will be weird, and I think obviously we'll be penalized. It's it. It's, wow, I'll hold off. I'll hold off on that thought. All uh, right, right Milo, what was your your bet? Uh, my bet is Indiana knowing the plays. Mm-hmm. I uh, heard this, this after the game. Yeah, this came out after the game. Uh, a couple of players, including Mertz, uh, knowing that the the Indiana defense was deciphering plays. That's why they were running over to the sideline every time for play calls. No, none being called in from the sideline, and they knew the calls that were that is. It was said that they knew the calls of the line, so they knew the plays were coming. Which okay, great. Indiana did your scouting, but I think one of the biggest things, especially in football, even if you know it's coming, if you execute correctly, you still can break the play, right? Um, and so I'm not saying. Those guys were sitting there using an excuse, but I just I kept hearing them saying that Indiana knows the plays, and yeah, that's you know, that's bad. And, and two six, you can call it two ways, like not being creative enough on offense, mm-hmm. um, and 
also just not being able to execute what you're not to execute whatever plan you have put in place at the same time. No, I, yeah, I think you hit it right on on the head in that. And I'm where my frustration lies more is in the not being creative enough to have something unexpected or not have a game plan to attack the Indiana defense. Like it seemed like we just tried to do what we normally do or what we have done. I guess that's a better way to put it. We've tried to do what we have done and Indiana saw what we had done and were prepared for it. And we didn't have a wrinkle. We didn't have something else uh, to do, to go to. Uh, And if you know, you don't have that, execution aside you don't have uh an answer to them quote-unquote knowing our place yeah 100 percent. just bad all around all right anything else on that that's it for bad now you get to talk about your ugly marbles. now i get to talk about ugly if it wasn't bad enough oh we, my yeah, these are our wor- even worse things yeah <laughs> so we're going we're not we're not only we stayed on this game we're bleeding into the last or last outing which is now two weeks ago uh, against Northwestern. It's mm-hmm. this t- terrible taste in her mouth. But it dawned on me around the third quarter that we had scored a touchdown mm-hmm. since the first quarter of that Northwestern game. So we've uh, not been able to get that last touchdown towards the end of the, uh, at the end of the game there. We have now gone a complete seven quarters as a team without entering the end zone. Um it's just it's wild to think about. Mm-hmm. It's it's wild to think about. It's sad, and I mean, in this game in general, I think going back up to knowing the places, you know, um, you know, this this game was the difference between scoring touchdowns and scoring field goals, right? Fourteen to yep. six. It's a different game if we score those if we score those touchdowns, and so like not being able to get in the zone for seven quarters, there is something fundamentally wrong. I don't know. I probably should have looked it up. Stats department get on. I don't know the last time he went through a game without a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and. From where we started, <laughs> and granted it was against Illinois, to where we are now, just seems I don't know. It just seems wild and crazy. And we, you know, we went through some of its injuries, some of its lack of creation. But I just I I'm, befu- I'm befuddled that we can go, you know, that many quarters against, you know, I mean, pretty good teams. But we shouldn't be. It, our, the caliber of our team isn't so that we should be going this big of a drought without seeing the end zone. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's been extremely frustrating. Seven quarters. I mean, you could even say eight quarters. Right, the whole Notre Dame game was uh, was frustrating. And <laughs> I mean, I think this goes back to kind of a combination of it all. Right, it's lack of execution. It's lack of creativity. It's lack of game plans. It's injuries at. Uh, you know, it's key position in my mind. Uh, at yeah. least the wide receiver position has been decimated. Uh, th- I think that plays a big part in it. Uh, having a a freshman, uh, even though he's a redshirt freshman quarterback out there, um, dealing with uh, the loss of you know Jonathan Taylor uh, from last year. And I was talking to uh, uh, some friends, and they were mentioning how while Jonathan Taylor, obviously the better collegiate player, uh, losing Cephas has been. Mm-hmm. So much more impactful because we don't have somebody who can get open. Yeah, we have Ferguson, who's great. He's a good tight end, right? Um, yeah. But we don't have somebody who, on that third and seven, is your go-to guy who can run the route, who can make the play, and and get you that first down. 
Um, so we got to do something different. We again back to that creativity. We have to, and it's just all of these things. Like if if one of them were working, right? The execution, the creativity, the game plan. I think we'd be all right, but we're missing on on all of them. We're missing on all of them. And that's resulted in last seven quarters, and that bleeds into my ugly Marlowe, which was the red zone offense. <clears throat> uh, we were in Indiana territory um, seven times. We had seven possessions and in Indiana ter- territory. Uh, two were field goals. We punted twice. We fumbled. We threw an interception, and we had a turnover on downs, which was obviously at the end of the game. Uh, just not executing in that red zone. And as you mentioned earlier, field goals versus touchdowns were what um, what decided this game. And we were the field goal team. <laughs> we were the field goal team. Um, and I don't, I don't know what the answer is to turn it around. I'm, if I would, I, maybe I'd be coaching or something. I don't know. Uh, I'm <laughs> obviously not qualified enough uh, to to come up with that. But I think we need to do something. And I was thinking about this at the uh, trying to, I guess, trying to make myself feel better about the result of this game. The result of the Northwestern game is we're sitting here at two and two, and we feel like crap, right? Yeah. Uh, because we've lost half of the games we've played and. Looking at the games that were canceled, if we were sitting here at five and two, as as it were, you know, I'd feel like crap, but I'd be like, okay, we're still a good team. Mm-hmm. But I can't say we're a good team when we're sitting at two and two. We just haven't played enough games, and we've lost games against teams that I can't guarantee you we'd beat Marlow, but they're not ranked teams that we were playing against, and we've lost to ranked teams, and that. It's just frustrating to sit here because we should have those wins. Right. And yeah. I think we would have had those wins. And I think we would have been able to figure some stuff out against teams who de- whose defenses aren't as good. We could have tried some things. We could have done some other things. But look, we played Northwestern, who's a really good defense, although they got trounced by Michigan State. And we played against Indiana, who's a really good defense, although they got trounced by Ohio State. So <laughs> we've played four games. Everybody else has played seven or six. That sh- I think that shows that matters. Um, yeah, and we'd be feeling better at five and two. I think. Yeah, I think there's two. It's the layoff time. I mean, our our layoff came a little earlier. I'm going to use that excuse, but we have some inexperienced players at key positions, and that matters. Those 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 two weeks of practice time matters. Those game reps matter. Um, in in getting some of those. Other. So I, I can take some. I can take some solace in that. But you're right. I just feel like. It's, and then also. It's just bad taste in the mouth of North. We had Northwestern. You know, we didn't play well. We had the turnovers. We were geared up for Axe Week. That gets canceled. And now yeah, we you had to live with that for a week. And now we get to live with this another week. So we'll be like, even our, our next game coming up against Iowa, hopefully we can end that with the win. But even that, it'd be, it's such a, like, in the time span, such a long <laughs> between you know between between wins that it just feels feels longer than feels more than it is. Yeah, so we go into Iowa next week. Um, will be our probably our last game of the season. We are confused at what's happening with Championship Weekend. <laughs> if we're even considered in that, what that looks like. I haven't heard anything about it. I, I don't think you have either. So this is probably our last game unless we get a bowl game. Traveling to Iowa, who is sitting at five and two, um, we've—I don't know—I I honestly don't know—I don't know what to expect out of this Wisconsin team. Iowa, uh, I talked about last week, or excuse me, two weeks ago. We didn't talk last week. 
my bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Iowa seems like the exact. We always have weird games against Iowa. I mentioned this when we talked about Northwestern. Northwestern and Iowa and Iowa always seem to be like the types of teams that Wisconsin plays, and we just struggle with. We it's close games, it's weird games, it's odd things that happen towards the end of the games that um, end up end up deciding it. So now we're walking into this off of two losses in a row. Iowa off five wins in a row, granted against teams that aren't good this year, but um, <laughs> well, also, I we feel didn't like get a chance to play those just teams. Like so. Yeah, I feel like I was just been like us too. Like you did, I mean, in a in a larger sample, right? They've yep. had some disappointing games. They've had some games where they look all world, um, you know, and so it's kind of which team are we going to get? Which teams are we going to get playing each other on Saturday? Yeah, and and like you meant, Iowa is that five and two that I think we would be in a, an alternate universe where we played all of our games. So uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be close. I think it's going to be weird. Um, yeah. I don't want to say I shouldn't say weird. Weird isn't the right word. Um, it'll be close, and I think it's it's not going to feel good. <laughs> no matter <laughs> no matter how no matter how it happens, and maybe I, I will be pleasantly surprised if it, if it turns out that we just do well and are the team who played Michigan and Illinois but I I don't know anymore but maybe having two weeks two consecutive weeks of games two consecutive weeks of practice you know will be will be raring to go that's what I'm I guess I'll cross my fingers for for Iowa next week that is do we have a time on that nope TBD TV. uh on on yeah. Saturday all right um, let's stay in college football for a moment before we move on to another disappointment, Marlo. Um, yeah. let's stay in college football and talk just in general, I guess, high level. Uh, it feels like that's, I guess, essentially because it is, um, now, but, uh, college football playoffs essentially decided, right? We have our four teams and maybe one more can sneak in, but we got Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State is your top four teams. It seems like the only way that changes, uh, I guess I'm presuming everybody's going to win, right? I think mm-hmm. Ohio State's going to win out. I think Alabama's going to win out. Um, the Dame only way that changes is Notre Dame and Clemson, and Notre Dame actually beats Clemson again. Yeah. Well, then with, Clemson's out. With Trevor Lawrence. Right. Yeah. That, but I don't think Notre Dame's getting out. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame still stays. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's the interesting one, right? That's... I agree. I agree with that. Those are the four teams, and it's it will be interesting what the committee sees. Like if Clemson just trounces Notre Dame because they have Trevor, or if it's a close yep. game um, with Trevor. I, I feel like you know Clemson is getting the benefit of a doubt right now, having lost to Notre Dame without him. And obviously, mm-hmm. it was a close game in overtime, but still, tis a loss. Yep. Um, there are other teams out there undefeated or with a loss that. You know, probably probably could could jump up there. So right now, I am cheering for chaos. Yeah, I will cheer for the as a, as somebody who has a two and two team would. Yeah, <laughs> cheer for <laughs> chaos. I'm cheering for the Florida over Alabama in the SEC championship. I'll cheer for. Um, I'm not gonna cheer. I cheer for. Let's just cheer for some sort of miracle where Michigan beats Ohio State. That'd be hilarious. Uh, that'd be hilarious. I like, yeah. So somehow Cincinnati sneaks in there. So I need like, and that's, I just need, I just need chaos, and that would just top off the season like anything. And then on top of it, 
No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Sorry, that was really dark. I almost got really dark there, Casey. Okay. okay. Um, so we're not going to go there. But right, I am good. cheering for some sort of chaos. <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm rooting for it. I just don't. It feels like even with the chaos, I think this is this is what we're getting. The only thing I can see is if Ohio State loses to Michigan or – I mean, I feel like they would even have to lose twice to fall out of it. And lose Michigan so, and Northwestern. <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah, something like that, which, again, that's not going to happen. Uh <laughs> So outside, who can crash? You got A and M, Florida, Cincinnati. I'm to get Cincinnati in there. Who I think was seventh, right? Yeah. Um, I think you would need all sorts of mayhem to happen. Your chaos theory would have to come through. Uh, the other two sitting out there are two SEC schools, A and M and Florida. And I really think, I guess Florida has the best chance, right? Because they have a game they can win, right? Yeah. They can beat Alabama and get in. Uh, but I think the more likely is Texas A&M, who doesn't have to play Alabama, <laughs> and can just be that other SEC school who has one loss to Alabama, right? Or did they lose to... No, they beat... A&M beat Florida. Yeah. A&M lost to Alabama, right? Yeah. Okay. So then Alabama would have beaten both of them. So I think Texas A&M, by virtue of not having to play Alabama again, will have the one loss that will allow them to get in if Clemson were to lose to Notre Dame or Clemson was to blow out Notre Dame. That's, I think, the most likely scenario. But that's fun for those really good teams. But I, you know, how in the NCAA tournament, Marlo, in basketball, you know, you have the tournament, you have the NIT. Yeah. And we, we sit here and we complain about how, you know, the, the Cincinnati's of the world don't get a chance in the college football playoffs. We were talking about it for BYU last week. I came up with this idea when I thought BYU was going to be in the conversation, but they screwed that up. So um, <laughs> kind of ruins my idea a little bit. But uh, why don't we have an NIT, a non-invited tournament, for the non-Power 5 teams, and we have a little playoff there, and then they can make themselves championship T-shirts. It'll be great. Yeah, uh, fantastic. So we got Louisiana undefeated still, right? They took a safety for some really, really weird reason. Uh, at the end of their game, that was fun. Uh, Coastal Carolina played BYU, who would play anybody, anywhere, anytime, as long as your name isn't Washington. Uh, <laughs> they're in there because they beat BYU. And Liberty, and I couldn't come up with the next one because the other one was BYU, and I, I couldn't come up with the other one. Marshall was the other one, too, and they lost. They, they got lost. blanked by Rice. <laughs> yeah. So um, maybe Wisconsin can go win the NIT. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. You always, yeah, you always added one blue blood, in, or quote-unquote yeah. blue blood. Yeah, or, take... From a big conference in the in there the you go yeah there you go or whoever whoever doesn't get in out of uh, Notre Dame or Clemson or A and M they yeah. can go play in the NIT I think it'd be fun I'd watch it yeah let's do it I mean let's create a bubble let's have an NIT bubble make sure these yeah. games get played um, yeah and, and go after it I think yeah along with the chaos theory having the NIT um, and then having those people be able to tout that they are they are true national championships I miss those days where the coaches get to like get in front of the camera and they already have like their pre their pre speech of why they deserve to be national champions. Yeah. Um and I think this would give it an avenue right to that. I'm with you, well, Casey. Let's let's well, maybe raise Central the maybe Central Florida should be in there. Uh, they're like grandfathered in because they were the last different t shirts saying they were champions even yeah. though they weren't champions. So maybe put them are they even good this year? I think they lost a couple No, times, I lost they? a couple games I think nah, that's all right. Well that's all right. We'll grandfather them in there. Yeah. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. NIT I had a, yeah. Speaking of, I had a thought to say it was like in my my uh, 
probably my badger rage slash depression anger. I can't believe. Can we stop calling it a playoff? It's four teams. It's not a college football playoff. Playoffs need more than four teams, don't you think? A playoff needs to have more than four teams. A a true playoff. I don't know. No, you're not with me on this. I, I got to think about it. I yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I got really mad about it to myself, obviously, about a playoff. It's just a semifinal. Is that a true yeah. playoff? Does it count as a true playoff? I'm with you. I say no. Yeah. So I say no. It's two games. Yeah. I don't know. We have to look up what playoff <laughs> definition of playoff. All right, that was the other NCAA football. I didn't watch too much more because I was too depressed after the Wisconsin game. Yeah. Did you Plus know you the that, night games, which uh, kind of sucked anyway. Yeah. You're Washington and USC are playing right now. Yeah, well, I was going to turn it on, but I saw USC was up by like 30 points. <laughs> so I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't turn that one on. Um, all right, on to more disappointment for the Badgers basketball. Uh, beat Green Bay in the middle of the week. That was exciting. Oh, yeah. But obviously totally lo- lost to uh, Marquette on Friday night, 67 Um A real... I mean, no other way to put it than just a disappointing game. There was no flow to the game, uh, especially on the offensive end. It seemed like it was a struggle for a team, again, against lesser competition, but it seemed like a team, if you hearken back to last year, uh, that seemed to have developed an offensive identity, a way in which they were going to uh, attack other teams' defenses. That just did not show up at all in this game. Um I have a theory on why that was, but I will uh, save that for a moment. Uh, hint, I complain about them a lot. Uh, <laughs> but um, it was just a disappointing game, losing to a Marquette team who I don't think is as good as Wisconsin. But it was our first real test. It was a road game. Uh, and Marquette was up for it, and we were down for it. Yeah, totally agree. And... Uh, I- I mean the Mar- Wisconsin Marquette rivalry game. Um, we can. I. This is kind of. The, I mean, this is the first basketball game we've had this season, right? Where it's like a true, like you said, true test rivalry game. Totally weird to you know not have not have the crowd be a part of it, but that yeah. is what it is. I need to get over it. Um, but yeah, you're totally right with the with the flow of the game. I mean, this whole game was played within a five six point window. Either way, I think mm-hmm. the, the largest lead was six points by us at one point. Um, and I, you know, from, from that perspective, like, I just, just here say something nice about Wisconsin basketball. It was good to see them kind of fight through or grit through, you know, a team that, that was really clawing at them. But to your point, we are better. We're a better team. We should have been better. We have, you know, seasoned seniors against, a team that is, you know, mostly underclassmen who, you know, it's not like they're great, great talent underclassmen, right? Like not one and dunners, I should say, is what I'm trying to get at over there. Um, and it just didn't, it, it didn't equate to, um, obviously didn't equate to victory, but it didn't equate to, to, to good basketball. Uh, I, myself, more, like, more frustrated in just the little things, you know, the, uh, the frustration, the, the quick shots in the in the um, in the shot clock that that shouldn't be taken that not in the flow uh, of the game, um, but yeah, I don't know. And then we can talk about I don't know if you're ready to talk about the end of the game. 
Uh, well, before we get to the end of the game, I guess my complaint about the officiating. If you look at the total free throws, it will be, I think, mis- uh, misleading. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's not. It is 20. Uh, they shot 28. We shot 19. Yeah. Uh, but the fouls that uh, were called so tightly in the first half really got us out, us out of our flow. Davison only played 18 minutes the entire game. Potter, 22. Reavers, yeah. 25. These are uh, seniors who should be playing more minutes. They were all in foul trouble in the first half, had to sit extended time. So we had to play Tyler Wall, who's a good player, but he's yep. not, doesn't, isn't going to play in the offensive end. Um, and Jonathan Davis, a lot more than they wanted to. By the way, Jonathan Davis is really good and is going to be really fun uh, to watch for the next couple of years. And it's really fun to see him uh, come into, I don't want to say come to his own because it's still too early for that, but to see him come in and, and compete and play at such a high level. He had some really, really shady uh, loose ball fouls on rebounds that I thought were atrocious um, on that end. Um, but our our team just was not able to play because they were in foul trouble in the first half. And it caught the foul got a little bit closer in the second half uh, as they were spread around on, on Marquette's end, but it just threw us off. And we, we talk about the senior starters and our bench is very, very young um, with Jonathan Davis coming off Tyler wall. Still, uh, he's a sophomore, right? Um, He's still young. And uh, Carlson, just didn't seem he wasn't ready for this game he only played 10 minutes um it just didn't really have an impact we needed we weren't ready for the challenge to our depth yet Mm -hmm. and i think we'll get there in the second half of the season but this shows while we have a very good starting five if we get into foul troubles like this if we get into challenging situations like this and we need to rely on our depth it's not there yet yeah, but it, I think it'll get there. I think there's promise that it'll get there. Yeah, especially like you said, it got trouble. It got trouble uh, early and often um, in that in that first half. So it was kind of reliable, and it, we got you know, and it, like I said, it was good too. Even with that, we went into the halftime. They had a mini market had a mini run. Um, we went down five, I believe, going into halftime. Mm-hmm. Yep, came right out, erased that right away, took a lead. So those are you know kind of the uh, the good things. There are, that's like the good I take away from from that is that yep. f- that fight. Yep, but the bad was uh, the brutal finish. Um, yeah. I mean, before we get to the to the tipping, um, I just keep seeing Aleem Ford wide open for <laughs> three. That just is a little bit too strong. I see Brad Davison missing the front end of a one and one. He's yeah. like a ninety percent free throw shooter. I don't know how he misses that. He literally had no impact all game. That would have been his chance to have an impact, and uh, just didn't just didn't deliver. Uh, those are the things I'm kind of looking at as kind of microcosms of how this game went wrong and allowed a non box out and a ridiculous bounce off the rim and a ridiculous tip to uh, seal the victory for Marquette. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, uh, we haven't talked about this yet, though. What... So, uh, Trice, trying to get that trying to get that charge call at that point in time. Yeah. I I personally don't think that's a... I personally don't think that's a good call. And try to, like, you, I, I think if you try to play that out of defense, if you got, I don't know, at that point, less than five seconds on the clock, um, he had less than one second on the clock. Yeah, less than one second. Um, yeah, if they beat you there, they beat you there. I don't think trying to cause the draw or putting it in the ref's hand in any way, shape, or form is the right way to go. And he was clearly yeah. going for trying to get a charge. 
Yes, he absolutely was. Um, he said after the game that it was a bonehead play, so he realizes, at least in hindsight, uh, that that it was it was a mistake to do. Uh, I was surprised Trice did it because he is kind of the level-headed player on the team. Davison, sure, I could see him doing that, right? Yeah. Uh, that is totally within his wheelhouse to do, uh, but but not Trice, and and he said so himself himself afterwards. Um, that said, could have been carded, called the charge. Could've it could have charged. Oh, uh, but the way in which that game was officiated, the way in which, um, I mean, I, I don't know if you realize this as you as you're playing the game, but there was no way in hell that the the refs in that moment were going to call a charge, right. No matter what happened, right? Yeah, yeah. And it told, did you're the one that sent out that tweet with the uh, yeah the clock? Did we, yeah. did we we is that real? <laughs> so it's it's real, but it seems like it was a difference between the stadium clock, which is above the basket, and the basketball clock, and it sounds like that was off throughout the game. Mm. So the stadium clock was correct, and there was still time in which that could have happened. But what I read was it was like 0.4 seconds off, and even if it so, then there was 1.3 seconds at that clip. Yeah. So the clip we're talking about, you sent out it. Was, I forget who the credit. It was tweeted. Ken Ken Palm who tweeted out, and then uh, the well, the, he had the picture of the stop clocked at point nine seconds when there was still space. Before, there was at least two seconds before the foul was called. Yeah. Um, and then I shortly afterwards saw a GIF um, that showed the clock stop, and and then the kind of play ensue. And I think that was just from a, a Wisconsin. Uh, Twitter handle, yeah, not not the Wisconsin basketball one, but like a Wisconsin fan, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, I just had to get it out there. Um, yeah, that, that was extremely frustrating. Uh, and then still having a chance to do it and just not being, and still have a chance, you know, they hit the first one. Uh, oh, you know, all right, I see it clank off. I was like, okay, overtime, and to have that one-handed tip in go down was just, ugh. yeah, just absolutely, just, absolutely brutal. Um. And at the time, I was like, "All right, on to the football game." Then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hindsight, hindsight. <laughs> All right, uh, we have an absolutely brutal stretch coming up, Marlo. Um, next game is Wednesday. If it happens against Louisville, uh, it is part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. However, Louisville is uh, has some COVID concerns, COVID issues, I guess. Uh, so there is a chance. Uh, I thought we were going to get news today, but I hadn't heard uh, before we taped. Uh, but a, it seems like a good chance that this game will not happen. Will not happen. Awesome. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing, and by that I mean uh, the people I follow on Twitter have said <laughs> it's might not. It probably won't happen. Yeah. So I trust so there you. You, you follow on Twitter. You follow some good people. Um, they can do it. Yeah. I mean, this was another. Was supposed to, this would be. This is going to be another test. Uh, you know, if it happens. Um, it's a, you know another test of where our team, where we think our team should be. Um, this is the type of competition that is a, is a good measuring stick. As we talked about the Marquette game, rivalry game, throw the records out the windows, doesn't matter. Um, but this one, you know, uh, name recognition plus the, the team that they have assembled this this season looks like a good squad. Hopefully, we'll get this, we'll get to play this one because I, I really was looking forward to seeing this what this would look like. Yeah, for sure. Am I? Did I misread the graphic during the game? Didn't they say that Northern Iowa's ranked? They're not ranked at all. I don't know what that graphic was saying. 
they had them ranked ninth. I swear to I swear I saw that. Northern uh, Iowa. Not, yeah. Uh, yeah. I swear. Okay, maybe I'm because uh, I thought it was like a. I envisioned this color like Louisville, Northern Iowa, then it's Nebraska, but then Michigan State. Like those are. I thought there was three out of four tough games. I must be making that up. Oh my gosh, how embarrassing! All right. <laughs> let's move on from basketball on that note holy cow that's it uh, let's move on to the NFL Marlo I'll start with my uh, victorious Packers who saved the weekend at least emotionally for for me uh, with a 32-16 victory over the Eagles um, what the Packers found a way to make what should have been and I guess ended up being a very comfortable victory a little bit nervy down at the end giving up a uh, a Needless touchdown drive to Jalen Hurts uh, on a fourth and eighteen play. I think they they scored on, and then on the ensuing um, possession, I guess they didn't even really have a possession because it was off the Packers punt, uh, allowing them to return it for a touchdown. So it turned it into a seven point game at one time, but the Packers did put it away on a ridiculous um, Aaron Jones run. So that's who saved my weekend, Marlo. The Aaron's Jones and Rogers and Adams uh, saved my weekend. Ended it with a Packer victory. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had his 400th touchdown uh, to uh, Devontae. It was to Devontae Adams, who he also had his 200th touchdown to in Devontae Adams' rookie year. So I thought that was a little bit uh, neat kind of trivia slash poeticism for you. Um, yeah, uh, Devontae Adams, Marlo, it turns out, is really good. Yeah, it's really uh, good football. And the way in which the Packers' offense is offense moves him around uh into the slot outside with motion before the snap um really kind of allows him to kind of be his best self if that makes sense like they they get him into space they allow him to run routes he's a great route runner and they kind of put him in positions to be successful it seems like a lot more in the uh Matt LaFleur offense than the Mike McCarthy did not that he wasn't good back then with Mike McCarthy but it just seems like he they key on him they try to get him in positions more than just relying on him to be good if that makes sense um and that's that's really fun to see and Aaron Jones touchdown run to seal the game was unbelievable if you haven't seen it Marlo well I don't know if you want to go out and look at it but if Packer fans if you haven't seen it it's it's great but Key in on the replay as David Bakhtiari keeps pace with Aaron Jones as he runs down the field. He doesn't necessarily block anybody, <laughs> but he's your left tackle now for a couple more years as he signed a contract extension like, what, a week or two ago. But he is hauling down the field, and it is, it is awesome, to, awesome to think that that big of a man can move that fast. Um, so there we go. Uh, also in this game, Marlo, uh, I know you are watching closely. Uh, they kind of alluded to Jalen Hurts getting some playing time all game, and they kind of posed it as, or at least the coaching staff, as they talked to the announcers, posed it as um, uh, there were going to be situations where Jalen Hurts would get in, or they had packages they wanted to see him in. But I think they just straight up benched Carson Wentz and went to Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts looked better because the Packers were playing zone def- or zone prevent defense. Do you think they're moving on from Carson Wentz? It's possible. Um, I mean, it's very possible. Uh, I mean, what has Carson done for you lately? Like, Carson's, I mean, he's in, like, Mitch territory, man. 
Um, mm, interesting. Yeah, maybe that's a little harsh. Sorry, sorry, Carson. No, maybe but, it's not. I mean, maybe it's not Marlo. That's, yeah, but it, you know, like ever since, you know, ever since the uh, the injury Super Bowl, I mean, he really hasn't been anything above average, right? And they, it's. It's one of those, and I, I don't know if it's, is he in that contract year? I'm not positive, but, you know, obviously they drafted Jalen for a reason. Give him a shot to yeah. see if, if, you know, it, w- where Wentz would, would fall. Um, hasn't, have, obviously hasn't lived up to it this year. Obviously he hasn't had his man, um, Ertz, and some other injuries, uh, you know, from his skill players. But, you know, at the same time, he hasn't, he hasn't been that dynamic quarterback. He hasn't been able to drive it down the field. Um, he's not the same being able to run to scramble and and run for those for those extra yards so you know it's a it's a, it's a what have you done for me lately league and they're taking a look at what they got obviously they're not i mean they are in the in the nfc east so they still do have a shot playoff yeah. but you know this is if you're looking at it realistically you got to see what you have so you, you know you know what the how to how to good organizations see what they have so they can build for the future you know, I hadn't ever put the Trubisky Wentz into uh, kind of the same conversation, but if you thinking about it, I don't think it's that far off. I mean, they've won the same amount of playoff games, right? Because Wentz <laughs> hasn't won a playoff game. He was injured for that one, wasn't yeah, he? Right. Yeah. So, like, he they both have great talent, right? It's You can talk yourself into both of them. Mm-hmm. They both make terrible mistakes at terrible times, <laughs> and... I mean, maybe a bit. We'll talk about Trubisky obviously in a minute, but um, yeah, and have other than that one year, have not had winning football teams. I think it's a lot closer than uh, I had ever thought before this conversation started. Uh, they would be, um, just because everybody's always been so high on on Wentz's upside. But I mean, there were times in this game he just drops back to pass, and he just like curls up like he's going to get hit and he does because <laughs> the offensive line sucks but like you gotta he just he has that look you know what I mean like yeah. he he's not dropping back to get the ball out sooner he's not dropping back he go he takes four steps by he hits his fifth step and he go, he's going oh crap yeah and he's he's curling up he's looking to get out of the pocket in some cases he needs to but in other cases he can just you know move in the pocket and make a throw he just doesn't move like they doesn't see it uh, and I think we're getting enough tape on him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I am worried. I I just can't imagine that Jalen Hurts is the answer, but but maybe. But maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying Jalen is the answer, but, you know, he could be a bridge, <laughs> so to say. So, yeah. uh, Although with, with how um, Taysom Hill has been playing, I mean, I think Jalen Hurts can be as good. A, I don't know. Maybe this is weird to say. Jalen Hurts is a quarterback in the same way Taysom Hill is a quarterback in the NFL, I think. Mm-hmm. And if Taysom Hill can work, maybe Jalen Hurts can. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I could maybe see may, maybe a... I'm reaching for too many comparisons now. I got yeah. all excited about the Trubisky Wentz <laughs> one, and I'm trying to find one of my own. Got just all the Todd All right. He's well, let's talk about Trubisky and your Bears. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about this. Um. Yeah, so Bears Lions. I think we hit a. I think I hit a new low, Casey. Oh. I didn't think it was possible. I'd already given up the season five in a row at a loss. 
Um, but you know, they suck you back in. You know, the last the last games, it's always I you know said this. This defense is really good, and no one knows how good it really is because the offense can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if you look at the rings, like the defense is second or third in the league in most categories, and like second overall. And that is with an Annette offense where they're on the field all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with this game, the, the uh, offense playing well, especially in the first half uh, going into it. And then they do their typical, we don't know how to play football in the third quarter. Uh, they showed the <laughs> yeah. stat. It was 14 total points this season in the, in the, in the third quarter, which doesn't even make sense. Um, and then even with that, we had the ball. Oh, no, we had yeah, we had them the ball. behind or stacked up in their five yard up ten less than three minutes ago, and somehow still find a way to lose. And you know what? Just when we were about to like, just when I was thinking I was going to be able to get on this podcast, talk up Mitch, be like, yeah. he did a, you know, he had a game where he had it did enough to win, and he did, but he comes back and he does what to lose. Because you can't take a sack and you can't take a fumble in that situation, uh, it just you know it just can't happen. And then in total Bears fashion, they were trying to make a charge and they can't even they can't even take the half yard line before the half yard before they step out of bounds get a first down uh, to seal that game off. But to wrap it up, I mean the defense still played well enough. The defense had a lapse at the end, uh, letting letting Stafford drive down uh, ninety five yards in less than, I forget how many seconds were off the clock, but it was five plays. Um, mm-hmm. That shouldn't happen to be able to give them that opportunity. And you know what? It's payback from the first game that they should have won, maybe. But at the same time, That's I, I just couldn't, I can't believe we, find it, we found a new way to lose in this season of losing. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it, it begs the question, where do we go? Obviously, there's no way, you can, there's no way Mitch is getting his <laughs> up on his fifth year here. Right. You got to keep, you have to keep, um, Foles for that money. You got to keep Foles just around for money, but like they're already out of contention for, you know, our top QBs that are out there that we know in college football. So it's again, once again, stuck in no man's land. And that is the worst place to be in the NFL. Yeah. So watching this game, uh, the offense did well. Montgomery had a pretty good game for, Montgomery Sanders, um, and Mitch was pretty good. The thing, I don't, I, I don't know how you blame Mitch too much. I mean, you can blame Mitch all you want, right? I'm, I'm all for that. But <laughs> on that, blaming for the last for the for on the that fumble. fumble so yeah. On that, on that possession, you have him drop back and pass twice. Yeah, which agreed. is which is absolutely ridiculous. If you're gonna throw the ball. With Mitch Trubisky, you need to get him on the move and do some play action. Why in the world would you not run a play action and have him move and go give him two options? You take this one, you take this one, or you fall down. Those are your three options. Instead, you have him drop back to throw, and the uh, Lions end, I forget who it was, makes a great play, but like, it's coach that is coach that's terrible coaching. I, I thought they put Mitch in a position to lose the game. Uh and I don't know what the heck Matt Nagy is doing aside from really, really liking Cordell Patterson. <laughs> aside from that, what does he bring to this team? 
Yeah, and no, that's a is good he going to be fired? Yeah, no, absolutely. This is a clean house situation. Pace, Nagy, everyone's gone. Like, it's going to be, it needs to be just a full restart. It has to be at this point. Because like you are pointing out, you can't point at anything on this team minus the defense, right? From right from well the, yeah you can't point to be like this is the one thing that's wrong right right exactly. it's not just Mitch it's not just Nagy yeah and you know Pace has had his time he's had his drafts they haven't worked he made one movie sold the house to get Mac and you know didn't come through with that whatever double doink whatever but it's it's just not it's not working. And it's just, it's going downhill and it's going downhill really fast. We'll see. Black Friday or <laughs> Black Friday is coming. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Um, I don't know. It just, I, I, I've watched, I watch a lot of bear games cause I want to be able to talk about it with you and, um, well in the in division, you know, you want to watch yeah, division, yeah, yeah. division rivals and stuff, but like, I, I just, the the offense just isn't working, obviously. And Matt Nagy is supposed to be an offensive guy, and his creativity is just like get Patterson the ball. <laughs> the camp, yeah. the it disappeared. Years. He was so like, creative year one, and then he just said, "I did it. <laughs> I showed yeah, him I can be creative." We, we, we were creative, and now <laughs> I'm dropping back on third and four, yeah, or whatever the hell it was right. with, with Chabisky. Oh, disappointing. But you're right. I I didn't think kind of ki- they showed it during the game, but I didn't think like this just kind of makes up for how the Bears should have lost Week One, and it, it, you switch those, and it's we're at the same spot, I guess. But it just feels worse at the moment now. Yeah. Uh, anything else on the Bears model? No, that's it. Uh, that's all I got. It kept. You got next week. I didn't even do the next week stuff. I don't even know who the Packers play next week. <laughs> doesn't matter. Oh, doesn't it matter? No, they they play uh, their their big favorites. They play the Lions. They play Packers play the Lions next week, uh, and the Bears play the stalling stats. Getting the stats department on it, Marlo. Here we go. The Texans. Oh, awesome. The Texans. Yeah. So go. okay, sweet. We got another week of. Oh, we could have had Deshaun Watson. Sweet. Oh yeah, you got one of those. Although he fumbled away the game today. So did there he? You go. Him, both him and Mitch. <laughs> All right. Well. There you go. Let's just swap now. Go. Let's just swap now. Let's see who works. Yeah, straight up. Who says no? <laughs> All right, Marlo. Other NFL. Um, I just got two quick things here. Uh, first, the end of the New Orleans Atlanta game. Obviously, I'm rooting against the uh, against uh, the Saints because I'm rooting against for playoff positioning, which is kind of a ridiculous thing to root for. But. Um, the end of the New Orleans-Atlanta game, Atlanta has the ball in, like, what, the 35-40, something like that. They do a Hail Mary. Uh, and the clock, the ball hits the ground with one second left. And the the rules analyst guy, Mike Pereira, or whoever the hell it was, comes in and says, oh, you can't put one second on the clock. It has to be two seconds to put time back on the clock. What in the hell kind of rule is that? Why is that the rule? If you see the ball hit the ground with a second left, Put a second on the clock. There's a second left in the game. What are we doing here? The, How is that the rule, Marlo? I don't know. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I would be so... I mean, you're, the Falcons are not playing for playoffs or anything, so I, they probably don't... I mean, they still want to win the game, so the, I presume that the fans would be upset. But if the Packers lost a game in this manner, I would lose my mind. You see the ball hit the ground with the second left, but the rule is? The rule is you need two. There has to be two? Which doesn't make any sense in football because all you need is a second to snap the ball. 
It doesn't make any sense in any sport. It's so bizarre. <laughs> no, it's like it was like in basketball. I think it, it has to be. It has. Oh, it has to be a, point. Po- yeah, it can't be to, like point. It has to be point four for you to tip it in or point yeah, whatever to yeah, but, to, to catch and shoot. Yeah, yeah, right, right. right. But this is football, where all you need is a just, second. You literally just need to, to, to be able to snap have the ball a second. Yeah, and you can clearly see it at the ground with the second left, <laughs> and he's like, ah, shit, not two seconds. That's too bad. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, the other thing I had Marlo watching other games. Oh, I was mean I was watching the Bears game, but these happened kind of almost at the same time. It was like yeah. a couple of minutes apart. Uh, Quintus Sevis caught the forty-one yard touchdown pass um, from Stafford in the Bears game, and then Jonathan Taylor caught. Uh, I forget how long it was. Uh, whatever. A four, it was a fourth down play, and he caught a a, a, a wheel route out of the back field uh for a touchdown so it was really cool just kind of in like a two to three minute span two former badgers kind of am my highlight reel over here scoring touchdowns that was really neat yeah it's been a day for badgers melvin gordon's having a night he's uh, having a night i thought he had that touchdown yeah um should have but i was rooting for it but then he, he was clear so that was incomplete right what are we talking about here okay then reviewing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Watching that was every day about. um so that so that was fun yeah um yeah, that's all. That's all I had. Other NFL. I really, I really just watched the, the the Bears game, and I didn't. The Vikings and Jaguars were playing, and I didn't watch it because I felt like if I watched it, then the Vikings were going to win. Like I would jinx, jinx it. <laughs> so again, I have that kind of power, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, so I, I I just kept ignoring it, hoping that uh, and the Vikings did kind of blow it, but then they won in overtime. So right. I guess. I just, and you know why? You know why? Because I turned it on to watch the that's field right. goal. Well, no, it's because they have Mac. I mean, they had Glennon back there for the Jacks. I mean, they're it's got such a long neck. It's such a long neck. God, he looks so weird. So, <laughs> so awkward. Um. All right. Yeah, there wasn't really much. Oh well, Seattle lost to the Jets. <laughs> Jets won to the Giants. To the Giants. Or Giants. Yeah. Giants. Without With... without Daniel Jones, which well, yeah. I'll talk about him a little bit in our throw-ins. But... Oh, okay. Yeah, without Daniel Jones. So Cole McCoy. Cole McCoy won. So Texas is back. Texas is back. Texas is definitely back. They won, didn't they? They have COVID now, though, so they have like three players out for COVID. So mm, they're not back. <laughs> not be back. Yeah, Texas. Yeah. All right. That was the NFL. There we go. Um, I'm sure things happened. I just wasn't wasn't really zoning in. All right. That's all I had for NFL. Do you have anything else? Let me look at the scoreboard quick here. No, that's all I got for the NFL. Um. Oh, did you see how testy the uh, Dolphins Bengals game was? No. There was like three separate fights in it. Ooh, it's five were rejected in it. It was crazy. It's in your like watching this. It's like you're the Bengals and the Dolphins. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> what are you fighting about? Yeah. Uh, that. But that was not football related. That was just really, really. really there was a fat weird. guy touchdown in the Browns game. There that was. was I don't want to talk about the Browns. I'm talking about the Thrones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Save everything you're throwing. That's it for the NFL. <laughs> Save everything. For the- <laughs> <laughs> That's it for the NFL. Uh, now we'll talk about that other game. Some people call football, and everyone's favorite segment: Casey's corner kick. Well, it was a good week for us Liverpool fans. Liverpool kind of returned to form. They won midweek over Ajax, one zero, in a, a, a pretty close game. Obviously, being one zero. Uh, they relied on their young backup keeper, kind of third string keeper, uh, for the shit out there. So some important points to, I believe they secured uh, advancing to out of the group stage into the knockout stage. Uh, but a real return to form and a return to fans. 
uh, at Anfield uh, as some, I think it was 20,000 fans Whoa. were allowed. I think, uh, now that seems, no, 2,000 fans. Oh, okay. I, I, I was, was off. Like, I was off. Of, <laughs> I was off a factor of 10. That's pretty significant. Yeah. 1,500 were allowed in kind of the um, the ultra section, well, I guess how we would think of it as the student section, you know, the, the crazy fans, and 500 throughout the stadium. Uh, but still enough to have you know a voice and uh, uh, an emotion and excitement from the fans. So that was that was really cool, uh, and that kind of propelled Liverpool Liverpool to a four nil win over Wolves. Wolves a pretty good team in the Premier League, um, kind of just outside that top six, top seven, um, kind of fighting their way back in there. So a really resounding win there for four nil, kind of a return to form for Liverpool there. Um, Next week we got some Champions League action. Champions League action for you midweek, Marlo. Uh, the highlight I think of the week will be uh, Barcelona versus Juventus. That's going to be Tuesday. Liverpool plays on Wednesday, so you know circle those afternoons on your calendar, Marlo, for some uh, Champions League football. Uh, the next weekend, the highlight of the weekend is going to be the Battle of Manchester, Manchester City versus Manchester United. That's going to be Saturday late afternoon, uh, and then Sunday Liverpool plays Fulham. Uh, out, I guess, I was going to say outside of Europe, but this is actually in Europe. Um, it was quite the weekend for uh, some of the young players, U.S. national team young players in Europe. Uh, we had Weston McKinney scoring his first goal for Juventus, Christian Pulisic scoring for Chelsea, and Gio Reyna scoring for Dortmund. So we have American players scoring for three of the top 15 clubs in the world on the same weekend. It's pretty crazy uh, and kind of shows the excitement of the youth that's coming through uh, for uh, the U.S. men's national team and just kind of, I guess, where we are um, hopefully heading uh, as, as a national team. But an exciting weekend for those for those individuals and kind of for, as, as a collective. So there you go, Milo. That is the corner kick. Awesome. Um before we're going to throw in, because you kind of touched on this, I don't know if we talked about this before, but I just thought, because we were talking about having fans back in the stadium, and you said 20,000 is really 2,000, but got me thinking. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do we think is going to be the first, in the United States, the first game, first league, or first sport that's going to have a sellout crowd? SEC football next year. You think SEC football? I think SEC football next year. I'm going to go... I, in my head, I'm thinking either I'm thinking NBA Finals, um, but I, I was. I still think that's too soon. There's a lot to, to get figured out. Figured out and resolved by then. That's June, right? All right, all right. So but that's only twenty thousand. But they're on that's it for the court kick. That's it for Marlo's weird thoughts on stadiums being full or not. 